All episodes of It's Great Business reflect the views and opinions of Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group and its guests and do not reflect the official policy or guidance of employers or government entities. You're listening to It's Great Business, sponsored by Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, where great business equals great people. Welcome to another episode of It's Great Business, and I'm Janice Berg-Levy. Today's guest is someone that I can tell you I really related to um, when I started to read a little bit more about what he's doing. His name is Jim Kerr, and he led global communications and public relations for a number of Fortune 500 tech firms before leaving the corporate world in late 2021 to pursue a second act as a full-time writer and blogger. His debut nonfiction book, The Long Walk Home, was published earlier this year. He writes regularly for Humble Dollar and on his blog, peaceableman.com. Cool. This was so cool, Jim. Welcome. Welcome to It's Great Business. Thanks, Janice. It's great being here and thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited about being here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So in that humble introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I I do have to say, I want to hear a lot more about who you are and your purpose and your passion, because it sounds like you really have started to get back to um, really listening to what's important uh, in terms of your own being. Um, But I have to tell our listeners that when I was out on social media and I saw the book that you had published, and I started looking at the write-up on it, I felt like I was reading about myself. So that was what was so intriguing. And I'm sure that there are many people out there who, if they haven't uh, read your book or, or they don't know about your book, once you tell everyone about it, I think they're going to be very much engaged. So, so tell me a little bit about who you are and how did you get to where you're at now? Sure, sure. So I worked, as you mentioned, uh, in the corporate world for more than 30 years. I started off as a journalist. Um, I actually went to school initially as a journalist, but then I decided it really wasn't for me. So I headed over to the, down the path of English literature for my, for my degree. And that was much more suitable for me, I think, as a person. But at any rate, to make a living, I started off in journalism and uh, worked at a weekly and then a daily for uh, three or four years, something like that. And then I moved into the corporate world. And then that, that took me away. I mean, it was something that I never really thought I would do, didn't have any interest in doing. In fact, you know, when I was young, I kind of viewed corporations as evil, you know, and, <laughs> or at least something I had no desire. And, and finance, by the way, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. But yeah, but, you know, and I had kids family, kids, and, you know, you have the financial obligations. So it, it definitely swept me away, the corporate world. And I just started rising through the ranks um, in communications. And I did everything in, corp- in communications, really, and investor relations. I headed up investor relations, which was which was cool, was fun. And um, I did it for two, two companies about, it was seven, seven years ago or so, that I... Um, I was let go of the company where I worked for 27 years, and that was the subject mm. of my book. By the way, I never really thought I would ever be at a company for 27 years. And in fact, 
it was something that kind of been put in my head by my father who, who lost his job after, I don't know, 18 years at his company. And he would always tell us never work for the same company and never trust the company. But I guess I didn't listen. And I ended up working with this company for 27 years and it let me go, almost 28 years, let me go and in, in a restructuring or really was a new management team, the company was struggling. And, um, you know, it just hit me hard because I had gotten all these great reviews and everyone said I was so valuable and then suddenly you're not valuable. Right. <laughs> so, and it was scary because I was in my fifties. But anyway, then I ended up going, I really had no reason to be, should have no reason to be scared because I, there are so many jobs out there. I ended up finding another job at a company, uh, somebody I'd worked for before and it was a great company, is a good company, um, even bigger than the one I worked at before down in Jacksonville. FIS, just a fantastic company. Did that for five years and decided, you know, I think I had, had, had enough of this corporate world. And I've always wanted to write. It, it is just the thing I'd, I'd love to do more than anything. It's my passion. And I've always wanted to write books. So left there last, last year, headed off and decided to, to do a second act. And that's where I'm at now. So it's got two sides of me in my whole life. The corporate side, I guess you could call it the, the left brain and then the right brain creative side. And I'm exercising the right brain a little bit more now than well, I ever have in my past. As you know, we have a lot of listeners who are in various stages of career and life, really. Some are just starting out, figuring out who they are and what they want to be. Some kind of in the middle going, waking up and saying, is this all there is? I get, what, three, four weeks, whatever it is, vacation. And uh, maybe a little bit more because I moved up, but that's it. Like, I just, I, you know, work to live, live to work, which way is it? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, very relatable. So now, so you leave the first company and obviously I, I'm really curious about what inspired you to really um, take that on and write a book about it. Yeah, it was actually something that, that hit me soon after I had this experience. So when I had, I lost the company, what, what the book is about is about a journey that I took the day that I learned I'd be losing my job. And it was um, stepping out of the, the office building, the headquarters building in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, which um, for those of you who know the area at all, like off the turnpike, Plymouth meeting, so forth. And I lived in the Bucks County area, but I uh, stepped out of the building and it was, my head was kind of spinning. And I, um, yeah, I just started walking. I just needed to clear my head. So it was around noon. It was a beautiful October day. I just needed to clear my head. And I didn't expect I'd be doing this, but I ended up just walking the whole route. So it was 20, 20 some miles, 21 miles, something like that, 22 miles, was the commute that I'd always taken. And I really wanted to see this route up close because I had always been racing through it for you know 27 years. Mm. My goal was to always beat my time, you know, my commuting time. So how quickly could I do this route, this 22 miles? You know, what pass could I find to <laughs> reduce the, the time and the distance and so forth? And um, now I wanted to see it up close and I just wanted to kind of take stock of my life and how the heck did I end up here? So I did this and, you know, afterward I was thinking, you know, I, I ought to write a book about this because it was so interesting, that experience seeing this path, reflecting on how I got to this point in my life. How the heck did I end up working at one company for 27 years when I really, I never had really an interest in working in a corporate environment. I I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a writer. How did I end up doing this? So, and the other thing was, 
and I talk about this in the book, you know, I just was able to relate to a lot of people who felt unfulfilled. And I was one of them in the corporate world. And it was, was it's not a black and white thing. You know, it's working in the corporate world offers many, many wonderful things and great benefits and ability to learn things and get pushed and, you know, meet people like you, Janice, you know, you met working in one of our, mm-hmm. one of the companies, uh, just great things. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of downsides to it. And you, you might, I use this, um, the metaphor in the book of, um, I've always worked with big companies. I use the metaphor of working for a Leviathan. They're big, slow moving beast, very powerful, you know, break through all kinds of barriers that the smaller fish cannot break through, but they're just slow moving. And, you know, we as the sort of the middle managers or, or the people working on them, I always felt like a, one of those little sucker fish and they call them remora fish that, that hang on to the, to the whales and, and uh, sharks, and you see them, you know, hanging on to the whale when you see a picture. Mm-hmm. And they live there their entire lives. But I felt like that, you know, I'm riding this thing, I'm riding this thing. But who am I? Who am I really? Um, in the end, especially when they throw you off, you know, can I swim on, on my own? So I use that metaphor a lot in the book. And so anyway, I started writing the book, and it just sort of wrote itself and found a good editor who helped me uh, expand it. And here we are. Here we are. I, I, I just love that. I mean, I always used to say, you know, it was like moving a glacier, but I, yeah. I, I like your description even better. So just tell me a little bit about where you began. So obviously, where did you go to school? Mm-hmm. What were you, you know, you, you are interested in writing. Obviously, yeah. you're, you're very good at it. So what, what was your major and how did you get started? Yeah, I, kinda, I, I knew from the time I was a teenager, really, that I wanted to be a writer. It was very, very clear in my head. And I guess I'm lucky that way, you know, but um, so when I went into college, I went to Temple University and went in for journalism, as I mentioned, for a couple of years, and I realized journalism was a little bit too narrow for me, so I went into English literature, and that's like uh, my degree in English Lit, and then it was a question when I graduated, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to go on to, for a doctorate or whatever, but uh, what I ended up doing was going in, uh, into the newspaper world, worked uh, at a weekly I was the features and sports editor for three years. And then I got tired of that, you know, covering sports games and, you know, interviewing the local businesses and personalities. It was, it was interesting, but I had enough of it. And I went back for my MFA, my master's in fine arts and and in literature from Temple again. And then while I was doing that, I was working at a daily newspaper uh, night. Then when I, got my degree. I worked as a freelancer for a bit. And then I got an offer at uh, the, the tech company where I w- ended up working for 27 years. It was mm-hmm, just doing mm-hmm. like new product announcements, editing, stuff like that. And it just sort of rose up through the ranks and eventually became head of communications there. And that's where I was when I ended up leaving. Right. Yeah. It's for, for those of you in the early days of journalism, right? It was exciting. You didn't make a lot unless you were with right. some of the larger papers, it was, but it was, I myself was yeah. very excited with that space and then suddenly got lured over to the, um, to, to more money, right? <laughs> this is essentially exactly it, exactly it, and benefits and all the rest of it. And so we could go on and on about, you know, the demise of journalism today, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another mm-hmm. discussion. So how do you define success? Yeah, um, I think my, I guess I, I don't define it in this conventional way. I, I don't think, you know, because I'm really not 
uh, about titles, positions. That's not the way I define it. I know a lot of people do. I don't. Never been important to me. I really define it as, for me personally, is about doing things that are fulfilling, which is bringing my visions. I have these visions of stories to life and connecting with people through them and helping people through them, inspiring them, giving them hope, including my own story. You know, my own story, I've had a lot of adversity in my life. When I talk about my book, a lot of, you know, self-inflicted stuff, but cancer, you know, went through cancer, uh, divorce, and, you know, depression, and anxiety, and I'm, I'm beyond all that now, but accidents. <laughs> so it was just one thing after another, job loss. So I really would like to, you know, help people who are going through adversity and uh, help inspire them, give them hope. There's not enough hope in the world, Right. I find. Right. You know, there's a lot of negativity and people trying to divide us. And that's not what I'm about. I'm trying to find reasons to give people hope. We mm -hmm. need more hope. I think, you know, many of the people that we speak to, when we talk about, you know, what, how do you define success? I think um, the further along we get in life, I think we reflect on the learnings of maybe when we were starting out, we talked about the, you know, financial reward, but also the fact that we sign up for a mortgage and a lot of other things that kind of hold us, I, I want to say hold us back to some extent, because you, you, you tend to be a little more cautious knowing that you've got some, you know, financial obligations, family, etc. And I think that as we look back, maybe if we can help those that are starting out, it's not that those things necessarily go away. I think it's just like you're saying, it's an awareness of that. It's just being more conscious, much like you exactly. describe on your walk home mm -hmm. is instead of just buzzing through life, can we open our eyes? They used to say, smell the roses, but can we open our eyes a little bit more and maybe be more conscious of, like you say, the walk we take, right? And maybe that's part of the, the learning. And this is getting pretty yeah. deep, but I think that's what I took away from, from your story and, and hopefully our listeners as well. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. So that's exactly right. And the, the other thing is, I find with life, and you know, we are at a different stage now. Uh, I'm at a different stage. And you, you, know, you realize this as you get older and stuff. But life has a way of slowly taking us away from that which inspires us and lights us up. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I find it's easy to, to get away from that which is deepest in your your heart, you know, because, you know, the the desire for success and um, all those you know, artificial things, those external things, you know, money, titles, um, rising up the ranks. Maybe that's what lights you up. I know for me it doesn't, never has. Mm -hmm. It didn't light up a lot of the people I knew. They were not happy. And what happens is then, you know, you kind of lose your fire, and we we can become uh, automatons or, mm. or we're more a fish and we don't really know who we are and what lights us up. And I, yeah. I use in the book, refer to um, Henry David throw a quote about living a life of quiet desperation. The mass of men live a life of quiet desperation. He wrote that mm. in the 1850s or whatever, a long time ago at the, at the beginning of the industrial revolution. But I think that's true for a lot of a lot of people these days. Certainly, you know, people I've talked to, work with over the years, and certainly was the case for me. Wasn't you know like 
shouting desperation. It was quiet desperation. It was like something's missing here. It's just I don't. I'm my. Mm. I'm just not on fire. So, for me, you know, losing that job was was a good thing. It was a wonderful yeah. thing because what it is, it, it woke me up. And um, what I realized, and I talk about this in the book, is that much of what I did, you know, those 27 years of working and not trying different jobs, not leaving, not going to a different company, not even going after my book writing uh, desire, but um, was because of a desire for security. Mm -hmm. You know, we want security. We, we, we want to ride that big Leviathan. We want to ride on something that's solid. So we know in the morning we have that pat patch of grass to eat and um, right. we don't have to be looking for it. And, but in the end, you know, I talk about this as well, you know, with all the things that happen to us and can happen to us, I really feel that that's, it's really an illusion. Security is an illusion in life, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, we walk on faith and we walk on faith alone. And so why not take a risk? You know, why not right. go after what you, what really lights you up? Because it's all passing anyway. It's all a dream. I had it a is. grandfather who used to say, it's not, it's just a dream. So I have to ask this question. Is there anything that you would have done differently in your life's journey? Oh my gosh, I would have done so many things differently. I would have, I would have taken things much less seriously. I was so serious when I was in my 20s and 30s, ridiculous. Mm. I would have had more fun. I would have networked more, taken more risks, moved around. I would have focused more on experiences rather than on where I am in the, the company or money or things like that. And even, you know, the goal that I have, you know, of, of, of writing, I was, was just, I just took, took it too seriously. Mm -hmm. If you take anything too seriously and you put too much pressure on that goal or on yourself, you know, it's going to wither up and die. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. got to let it loose. That's what I would, I, that's what I would have done. I just would have been less serious about things and I had yes. more fun. And I think everything would have opened up a little bit more for me. Yeah. Being, being more open. I think that's, yeah, yeah. I, I would concur. I mean, I was a little different. I was a jumper <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that having had a parent who stayed in the same job for almost 40 years, the first couple of jumps I made, he literally was freaking out. Mm. I mean, it was, it was like, what are you doing? Because in those days, you, you know, it was for life. And I think after maybe the, to, to the third one, as he saw was, A, I actually was earning more. I was having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I was learning. And, and honestly, I was moving up too. So it was all happening and I didn't have to stay at the same place. It was a little scary though. Um, some people have heard me talk about it as it's like jumping off a cliff. I mean, and I did it multitude of times. Uh, and sometimes I look back and I was like, oh God, I got to quickly get out of that. But I think it's, um, and I, and, and I know people um, like yourself who, who have stayed in the same place. And there's something to be said for that. There's some benefits from a longer term, but I think this is part of the career consideration, we'll call it. When people are listening today, I think what you will find though, is more people moving around than in the, Definitely. You know, in the past. And uh, for, for, for many reasons, um, some just because of the way, mm -hmm. the nature of how business is. But I do think it, it seems to me like people move more frequently. They do. Well, I see that with my sons too. And I have yeah. three, three sons and um, my middle son moved out to Colorado after graduating four years ago. And he's already on his second company and his mm -hmm. like his fourth job. 
I think that's very healthy. I mean, it, it can be, I think it could be unhealthy if you do it too much because right. then the company's like, or the companies out there are like, well, is this person going to stick at all, stay with us right. at all? But, right. um, you know, within, within moderation, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yeah. Don't, it, don't be jumping every six months, but every no. couple of years, it's okay. Yeah. It's, if you're justifying, you know, it's your a different age, you know, mm-hmm. it's loyalty. Yeah. The sense of loyalty is different than it used to be. And then on the other way, it's, you know, as well from company that, employee i think the sense of loyalty is different as well it's it's to be expected and and it's healthy exactly exactly all right well we're going to switch a little bit here for fun facts and uh we always like to go through that so i'm going to start with uh the person who you admire the most (laughs) living or dead i guess uh well I'd have Your to choice. say not not to get religious, but Jesus. I mean, I just I'm not a big religious person, but I let's admire his example, you know, um, mm-hmm. his way of treatment of people and um, so forth. But Dalai Lama, you know, mm-hmm. um, my, religion, my religion, my religion is kindness. Yeah, and there've been some really great business leaders over the years um, that I've worked with. That um, you know, uh, like something like an Ed Coleman, I used to work with at. Uh, Unisys, he was mm-hmm. um, a gateway, just a great leader. Um, he was a leader who managed by walking around, literally walked around, nice. sat down with people every morning. He would sit down with them at lunch. He would sit down with them breakfast. He would go into their office. And that's the way he learned about what wow. was going on. And he motivated people that way. I, I thought that was great. That is, I think that's a great uh, way to lead. Yeah. Favorite movie. I would give you three come to mind. I love One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Or Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Just yeah. to, you know what I love? Movies that have the classic narrative arc that grab you and take you through. Uh, uh, Fargo is another one by the mm-hmm. Coen brothers. Classic narrative arc. The, the Godfather. Um, yes. I would I would give you those three. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of others, but uh, yeah, yeah, there really are a lot of good ones out yeah, there. Yeah. Favorite city? I would say either San Francisco or Boston. Love those not Philly, cities. huh? I do love I do love <laughs> Philly. That would be number three. Okay, yeah. okay, we'll give you that. So, Jim, it's been so fun. How can listeners reach you? Do you have a website, email? Mm-hmm. Yep, you could go either to my my author site jamesbryancurr.com or my blog site which is peaceableman.com and feel free to sign up for updates there if you'd like uh, you can reach me by email there as well and i would love to connect with all of fantastic. you fantastic yeah. fantastic yeah. okay well thanks for listening everybody it's been really fun and as always we appreciate you following it's great business we'll see you soon thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit us on the web at intracoastalmarketingstrategy.com.